All right. Hey, I got a couple of questions uh, before we get started. Does anybody ever... Uh, went and had to make a heavy decision, like buying a house. And if you've never bought a house, one day you will. And you ever thought, is this the right house for me? Or if you're going to buy a car, is this the right car for me? Or maybe you're thinking about, is this person be a good spouse for me? Why, why am I asking these questions? You know, two Sundays ago, I taught that you could be led by the Spirit, that God wants to speak to you. When you have those questions, that's when you need to learn. That's why you need to learn how to follow God. It's not that, you know, if I get this job, if I get it, well, God wants me to have it. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. You've got to follow peace. You've got to be led by your Spirit. And, and, and so I'm, I'm, I'm teaching. I taught on that because people said, can everybody hear the voice of God? I don't know if that's me crackling. That's but you need to learn to hear God's voice. God, and all through the Bible, God spoke in the Old Testament. It's me again. I'm not moving. Anymore. Okay. Hold on. Let me get my false teeth fixed. Good. But anyway, so you need to learn to hear God's voice. He spoke to prophets, priests, and kings. And uh, the New Testament says you're a prophet, you're a priest, you're a king. Do you ever think about that? So God wants to speak to you. That's weird. So anyway, we're to hear God's voice. And today uh, we're going to finish what Miss Shirley started on the nine gifts of the Spirit. Now, now Jesus taught that we would uh, hear God's voice. We have the Holy Spirit, that you're the house of the Holy Spirit, that he lives on the inside of you. He said when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll show you things to come. That, that, but he will also anoint you to do service, like to go help somebody. So let me ask you this. No one's going to have to raise your hand on this. And I know it's hard to end up in church. It's hard. But do you know of anybody that's ever needed a miracle? Do you know anybody that's ever needed healing? Matter of fact, there's some of you in here that need miracles and need healings today probably. Why? Because the earth is cursed. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, a curse came on the earth. Thorns, thistles grew, mold, mildew, sickness and disease came, and we're still fighting it. And so we have to fight. The, the Bible says in Galatians 3.13 that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. When's the last time you took, a, uh, took authority over the curse? I tell you, I tell you when, I tell you, I know, has, has anybody ever pulled the weeds out of their garden and their, or their shrubs? You took authority over the curse. What are you doing in my garden? Or you took a hoe after it. Those things you didn't plant. You planted, I got shrubs, I mean, that I keep trimmed up, and this grass keeps growing, and I put a mat down trying to keep and that grass still growing. And I'm like, Where did, I just pulled that last week. It'll come back if you don't watch it. So there's a curse in the earth. And you need to learn how to fight it. Going to the doctor is a good thing. Find out what is going on. But there is a place in God that God will take you to health. That God knows your body. He created you. 
If you believe that there's a God, in Hebrews it said, if you believe that there's a God, you must believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But my question is, are you diligently seeking God? If I bought you a car and it was a stick shift and you don't know how to drive a stick shift, you would learn, especially if it was a Corvette. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Maybe they, hey, somebody run up here and check the mics and make sure they're all off. But anyway, not me. But we'll try. We'll give it one more shot and I'll get a handheld and we'll go from there. So, so we all going to need, you're going to know somebody that needs a miracle. You're going to know somebody needs healing. Why not talk about it instead of wait? Ladies, do you go, when you go to the grocery store, every time you cook, or do you buy things ahead of time? And like, well, you know, I'm going to need this. I'm going to need that. One day I'll cook this. And you get everything together instead of waiting to the last minute. Oh, I got to go through. People wait to the last minute and need a miracle. Don't wait till the last minute. Start building your faith. Start believing God and believing God in miracles. I told you it wasn't me. And so, and so we need to believe God for miracles and, and signs and wonders. And Miss Shirley talked about it. If you got sermon notes, wave at me. Uh, and, and ushers have. If you need a sermon note, we just got, we're going to listen to nine gifts of spirit. Y'all got a joke. I got a joke. It's a pretty good one. Are you ready? Are you ready? You ever heard the phrase, liar, liar, pants on fire? I tell you what, if that was a true saying and a true thing, it'd be a lot more fun to watch the news. Amen. <laughs> I just say it. You tell them, what, did they make that up or where'd that come from? So, so if you look at your notes, there are nine gifts of the Spirit. We're going to start off, we're going to read a little bit in, uh, uh, in 1 Corinthians. But before we do, I want to challenge you. You know, there's a lot of people say miracles are done away with, healing's done away with. Uh, we've got hospitals now. We've got this and that. Well, there's countries that don't have hospitals and they need healing and miracles. And they say, well, it was done away with the apostles. Then when the apostles died, all that died with them. They just did all those miracles and signs and wonders just to start the church. But if you read the book of Acts, there are a whole bunch of people who did some great and mighty things that were not apostles. How about Stephen, who was stoned? He was chosen to be a deacon because he was a man full of God. He was full of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that he did great mighty wonders because he was full of uh, of the Holy Spirit. Then you got Philip, who was another deacon, who went off to be an evangelist, went to Samaria. And the Bible says the people saw, he saw people, they saw people healed with palsies and people healed with different miracles and signs and things. And, and because th that he did those things, it opened their heart to receive Jesus. And so, so you've got to understand that Ananias laid hands on Saul and who became Paul, who wrote uh, over half of the, the New Testament. He's just an ordinary believer. And he's just like you. When God speaks to you, you go, is that God? That can't be God. Because he said Saul, Saul was killing Christians and putting them in jail. And he goes, Lord, I can't go to him. He'll put me in jail. He's arguing with God. And that's the way you start. When you start hearing the voice of God, you begin to argue with God. Don't argue with God. Learn to hear his voice. But, but we all do. And so, so, you know, it just goes down. How about Philip had four daughters who prophesied? That's in the Acts. Four daughters. Women ought not be doing it, though. At the what some churches say. 
but it's in the Bible. And so, you know, you got, you got women used in Acts, you got people used in Acts, and, and, and they did miracles and signs and wonders. And so, let, let, let's, uh, let's just go in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, let me stop real quick. Something you need to think about. When you read Corinthians, Paul is answering a letter. You know, they, they didn't have a telephone, Paul, the Apostle Paul. Hey, it's Paul. He didn't have a phone. They wrote him a letter and asked him a whole bunch of questions. And he's answering questions all through 1 Corinthians. And so when he comes to this and this chapter, it wasn't a chapter, it's one big letter. And he comes to this chapter 12, it says, okay, now concerning spiritual gifts. Because they ask him about them. How are spiritual gifts how do they operate? What are they supposed to do? And so, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you ignorant. Now, now, why are we teaching on this? The Bible says signs and wonders follow the word preached. If we want miracles, we got to talk about them. From the pulpit, in the audience, uh, at your house, and start believing God for them. And so, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you ignorant. Okay, it's one thing to be ignorant. And it's one thing to be stupid. Stupid is rejecting what, what the Word of God says. Ignorant is you just don't know what the Word of God says. But it's time to learn what the Word of God says. And I'm just going to bounce down for time's sake to verse 4. Maybe it is me. There are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. Different gifts, but the same Holy Spirit. And so we need to understand that God can do anything. But what can he do through you and what can he do for you? Because, you know, go to Louisiana, every wino knows that there's a God. They're just not serving him. They can tell you about God, but they're not serving him. So what can God do for you? What can you believe God to do for you? I'm stretching you this morning, I know. But he says, I don't want you ignorant. There are diversities, gifts, but the same Holy Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. Y'all notice that everybody in here doesn't look alike? That's the reason God loves diversity. And God made you special, and he can use you in special ways. Never thought about that, have you? Well, I'm, I'm not like Clayton. Quit comparing yourself to somebody else. Just because you're not as ugly as them don't mean you're better than them. Okay? Or just because God doesn't use you like them doesn't mean you're important. Because in this same chapter, it goes down and talks about the hand, the feet, the eye, the ear. Can't say we don't need them. And, I, you know, somebody told me, when well, I'm just a little toe. I'm no importance. I said, let me take a hammer to that little toe. We'll see how important it is. You stub your toe, and, you know, that thing went out sideways, you know, and you're like, your toes are important. Every part of the body of Christ is important, and you're in the body of Christ. So there are diversity of activities in verse 7, but in the same God who works all in all. In verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. Say each one. That means, say that means me. So you are capable of operating in the diversity of the Spirit. You're capable, capable of operating. Everybody is. You know, and everybody always pulls that out that God spoke through a donkey. Well, he can definitely use you and me, especially me. Anyway, that's what my wife says. And so, <laughs> but it's to profit all, not just you. 
Matter of fact, it's not for you. It's for you to minister to other people. Okay? It's for the, okay, it's a mindset now. I'm full of God. I want God to use me to bring somebody else to the kingdom. We're supposed to be that light, the salt. We're supposed to be that witness. These things aren't for, look at me. It ain't about you. And, and, and what, if it's about you, then you're missing love because the next chapter is about these work by love. And that's next Sunday sermon, so get ready. So anyway, uh, so here we go in verse 8. To one is given a word, W-O-R-D, not a S, words, word of wisdom. Through the Spirit to another knowledge by the same Spirit. Miss Shirley hit a word of wisdom. If you look in your notes, uh, there are gifts that reveal things, the, uh, and those wisdom, knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Those are three gifts that discern things. Okay? Wisdom, people want to say, you know, if you follow natural knowledge, here's natural knowledge. I take another step, I fall. Now, wisdom says, now to me, don't take that step. That's natural wisdom. But we're not talking about natural knowledge and natural wisdom. So I can tell the future. If I take another step, I'm telling the future now, I'm going to fall, right? So spiritual wisdom is foretelling of things that might happen or could happen, and you need to know it most of the time. And, and God's going to tell you good things, but he will warn you of bad things. In Acts, there was a guy that was a prophet who told the disciples that there is a great famine coming to Jerusalem. This guy was so accurate that they took up an offering that day. We got to start taking up an offering to help the people, to help the saints in Jerusalem. How did he know that? The Spirit of God told him what was coming. You know what? The Spirit of God wants to tell you what's coming for you, but also to you'll be a blessing to somebody. You read it through the Old Testament. The prophets were seers. And they told of things to come. The king called them up and said, hey, are we going to win the battle? And they said, nope, or yes. They told them things to come. Don't go or go. Knowledge is about the past. God could reveal the past. Miss Shirley went over this. You need to go listen to it. That somebody, God could reveal your past and, and uh, be a blessing to somebody to, to bring healing to them. Discerning of spirits is, is, is the opening of the realm, uh, of, of the spirit realm. Spiritual realm. Not you that you got, you walk into the room and you have discerning of spirits and you know that person. Not, that's, no, that's judgment. Don't, don't, don't take, it's not a personal thing for you. It's, it's stuff, if God does reveal something, it's for you to pray about it and minister to people. That is crazy, isn't it? So anyway, I'll try to stand still. Number two, can't do it, huh? The gifts of the Spirit are gifts that say things. And those are prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Well, what is that about? Well, the, God gives a, a, a special language uh, where I, I know people who went to Mexico could not speak Spanish, and God dropped it in them that they were able to speak Spanish. Let's just, let me get another mic here, and let's try it. And that they were able to speak Spanish. So, if that's amazing, and they're, they're still alive today, uh, we have a gentleman in here. His grandmother 
spoke to Belgium women back in the turn of the century, 1890s, 1880s, because she wanted to witness to them. What? Yeah, because her heart was to lead them to Jesus. So you, you think about it, where, where's your heart at? These things are real, and God still does these things. And so we have prophecy in the church. Somebody said, Pastor, I've I got something from the Lord. Or we have tongues, and somebody will interpret it. My pastor's grandfather, uh, at the end of World War II, there was a man that went and fought in Germany, and he married a lady in Germany and brought her home. And they're sitting in the service, and somebody stands up and gives a message in tongues, and it was perfect German. And it, was, it called her name and said, I know you, I love you, I'm for you, and, and she took off running. Nobody, it's no, a bunch of redneck country folks, you know, barefooted and overalls, and they speak in German to her. That's amazing. You know, and, and so they, they were some people, missionaries, and I'm just telling stories real quick. Missionary in Africa. Prayed for somebody, and they spoke in other tongues, and it was British, King's English. Thou, thee, and all that good stuff. King James. God, God is amazing. God is awesome, and God wants to do things. So, so just, just a reminder, interpretation of tongues is the same thing as prophecy. Prophecy is an edification, exhortation, and comfort, okay? But prophecy will have mixed in with it wisdom and knowledge. These all go together. In the Old Testament, they all went together. When the prophets prophesied, they told the future, they told the past, they told things to come, they, they gave wisdom, they gave understanding. It was all mixed together, but Paul separates it out here, and, and, he's, and he's given definitions and, and meanings to look at. And I believe that there are natural gifts God gives us, but it's up to you whether you use them for the kingdom of God. And you may use them to make money, but you better be using it because God has gifted you. Let's just, we'll pick an athlete. If you ever looked at an athlete that could do, it's Michael Jordan. Man, he's gifted. And he made money playing basketball. But what's he doing with the kingdom of God with that gift? With the gift of money. Just think about it. You know, we, we've got we to be mindful that we're here for a reason. And it's not just to. You know, get all we can, can all we get, and put it in the backyard. Because you can't take money with you. And you can't, the Bible teaches that, that even the things that you do for him, it better be for him and not for you, because it's called wood, hay, and stubble. It won't make it to heaven. I'm just, you know. So let's go to where I really want to go today is, is the last one, number three. Uh, the gifts of, that do something. Power gifts. Power gifts. There are gifts that do something. And what would they be? Healings, miracles, and faith. Now, the Bible says every man has the measure of faith. Say, I have faith. You've, the Bible teaches you have faith. You have faith to get saved. But you also, once you're saved, you have faith to use these gifts. But it takes faith. Because God can tell you to do something you like. Oh, I ain't doing that. It'd be embarrassing. Well, the, the, devil, the devil's not going to have you do something good. So it's God. And so we need to recognize that, that there are power gifts that God has. And I just want to talk about these just for a minute. I already laid the foundation that we need to believe for healings. We need to believe for miracles. We need to believe that we have faith to see things come to pass. If you look at the things that 
that, that people have done miracles. You, Moses, raise your, raise your staff, and the Red Sea parted. Moses said, it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, raise my staff. God parted the Red Sea. He got into a place just like uh, uh, Philip and just like uh, uh, Stephen, that he was so full of God, I'm just going to obey God. And that's the place we, every believer can be in. And so, so we look at miracles and healings and, and the gift of faith. You have faith, but this is a supernatural faith. Let me just say this. If you read the, and that Peter raised from somebody from the dead, it's in the New Testament. Paul raised somebody from the dead. Jesus did it, but that was Jesus, Pastor. Well, okay, I'm just giving you regular people. But it takes all three of these gifts to raise somebody from the dead. It takes faith. Most of y'all wouldn't touch somebody that was dead. You'd go, let me get over here. But it also takes healing and it takes a miracle. Why, why, why am I stretching you? Why am I making you think outside the box? Something you maybe have never even thought of because the day and time comes that you may have to pray for somebody. You may pull up on a car wreck. And why not pray instead of, oh, it looks bad. You know, everybody, you ever seen people rubbernecking and slowing down looking at the wreck? All they're saying is, oh, it looks bad. They're not praying. Oh, that looks terrible. I hope they're all okay. That's not a prayer either. Hope is not a prayer. Faith is a prayer. Father, bless them. Hope, heal them in the name of Jesus. Bring peace to them. Our sister talked about, you know, Believe in God that it wouldn't rain. You got to believe it takes faith to believe that God wouldn't rain. In a Funny story, y'all ready? It come a drought in the same church where the lady was spoke to in German. Uh, There's drought. It was dry. They needed rain for the gardens, need grain for the cattle, grass, and all that. And so the, the pastor said, tell y'all what, tonight we're not having Sunday night service. We're praying for rain. And he said, if you believe God can cause it to rain, bring your umbrella. So, so people were walking to church, and they had their umbrella with them. And they walked by this man's house. He goes, what are y'all doing with that umbrella? Well, pastor said, we're praying for rain tonight. And bring your umbrella. It ain't going to rain, y'all bunch of stupid Christians. Y'all just ignorant. Before they got through praying, it began to rain. It rained everywhere but his 40 acres. It was a sign and wonder to him that God caused it to rain. You see, that, 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 and God would do that to get somebody's attention, not to be mean to them, but say, hey, I'm God. And our part is to believe God. And so it takes supernatural faith. God wants to mix his faith with you. God has given you faith, just normal faith to believe and to grab a hold of him, but this is not just, this is a supernatural faith. A faith where you, you know, Jesus, uh, when the leper came to Jesus, he healed him. Remember, the ten came to him. He said, go show yourself to the priest. They all left. They were healed as they were walking. But the tenth one come back and fell on his knees and said, thank you. He goes, where's the rest of them? And Jesus made him whole. Now, he was already healed, but now he made him whole. That's a miracle. Leprosy, I mean, you're losing fingers and noses and everything else. And Jesus gave him everything back. How about Peter? Cut the dude's ear off. And Jesus picked up the ear and stuck it back on the man's head. 
healing, miracle. Okay, I'm just I'm I'm pushing you because you know what they may say you got stage four cancer. Your first reaction is, I got a God that does healing, miracles, and gives me faith to believe. We have to have this built in us to survive, because I've had family members die of cancer. But they were dead when they walked out of the doctor's office because I was there. Why? They didn't die instantly, but they were so, they knew it was over. They gave up. No fight. I tried to put fight in them. Come on, let's fight this. God is a God of the miraculous. Not for me, He's not. He probably gave me this cancer. Ah, wrong question, wrong answer. Sickness is a curse. Christ had came to redeem us from the curse. That's a good scripture to put in your mouth. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Just like that hip. Matter of fact, my hip is all right. But I had pain in my hips while I was the Holy Spirit showing to somebody's hip. Come on, that's a curse. There's some things with getting old is a curse. But you're getting old. Come on, I know it. I, I, hear me, I, but, but that's a curse. But God said, you know what? You can fight through it and you can fight. Well, and somebody said, well, you know, if God really did miracles, if you really heal people, well, I know people that got healed and they died anyway. Everybody Jesus prayed for that got healed, they died too. The Bible says that the last enemy to put down is death. Don't get hung up on what about that and what's this, this. How about let's just believe God and learn how to believe God and have expectation that God can do the miraculous miracles, that God can do healings. And if you look at it, it's healings with an S. Because one time Jesus laid hands on it. Sometimes people touched him. Sometimes he spit in the mud and put it in their eyes. And they were blind were able to see. Don't put God in your little box and say, he can only do it this way. He can do it anyway. And, you know, so, so what we have to do, and, and it's a fight. Believe me. It's a fight to believe. Because every one of your senses, it looks bad. It smells bad. It, I, it hears, it, I hear it's bad. Ah, monkey pox. Ah! Get a grip. Get a hold of God. Grab his hand and don't let go, monkey pox or not. You serve a mighty God. That does miracles. That does healings. And don't call me and expect me just to pray and not pray for you. Miss Jeannie sitting in the back back there, she called me right as COVID hit. And she went to the doctor and the doctor said, you're losing your sight. And she walked in and couldn't read the screens. And I said, well, we're going to pray for you Sunday. And so I get up and I'm preaching and I just stopped right in just like right now. And I said, Miss Shirley, you and Patrick go pray for, pray for her to be healed. And they laid hands on her, and I had everybody, let's get in agreement. Because here's the thing. We can have, oh, compassion, but we ought to have some fire that it ought to happen right now. We had a man walk in, and he had uh, uh, diabetes, and he had gangrene in his foot. And they wanted to cut his foot off. He said, no, you're not cutting my foot off. I'm going to church. And the doctor got mad at him said, if you get... If we can't do, do anything, if you get out of here, we need your bed. And he could come walking in. 
I wanted to lock the door. Nobody's leaving until he gets it. That's the kind of thing we got to get our mentally, get mentally set. You know what? God's going to do this. And God did do that. He died, he died years later with his feet. Come on, he believed God. I'm going to church. I know some people are going to pray. We prayed for her before she left the service. She could see the screen. Now, yeah, glory to God. And, and, and then she couldn't go to the doctor because of COVID. All year and a half, she goes to the doctor and they said, hey, you got 2020. So God, what's your expectation? I'm just suffering for the Lord. Nope. People say and think that. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Remember when I taught about we're the sheep, John 10, 10. The thief, Jesus said, I've come to give you life and that more abundantly. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Cancer will kill you. It will steal life from you. It's a thief. It's from the enemy. We need to recognize we have an enemy. Somebody was telling me about somebody drove their car through an intersection and killed several people with a car. That's the enemy. You don't see on the news where, you know, Satan broke into a 7-Eleven and, you know, robbed it. No, it was God. that's the enemy using people. We need to recognize that as much as God wants to use us, the devil, his only expression is use people too. So that goes back to a teaching that you in the earth have authority. Jesus has given you authority. Read Ephesians. He's the head and he has he's called you to be his body. So if you're the hands, hands, let's do something. If you're the feet, let's go somewhere. If you're the heartbeat of love, show love. He's the head. We're the body. So the hands lay hands on the sick. The feet go to, go, go, tell, go to the world and tell people about Jesus. And generally they take the gifts of the Spirit with them. In, in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Are you pursuing love? Come on, if you have love for people, God will show you things and to call. I'm, I drive down the road and God says, I need you to call Pastor so-and-so. Why? Well, he may be busy. No, call him. Tell him you love him. Tell him you cheer, cheer him on. You know, he's been telling everybody that, that God loves them and he loves them. He needs somebody to tell him. Call Pastor so-and-so. Call your brother. Call your mother. Call your cousin. Call the black sheep cousin. One nobody likes. Because you can break down walls. You can draw them closer to God. By showing love. The world needs love. I want to I I go back and look, read that one more time. Pursue love. Desire spiritual gifts. Have you ever even thought about desiring spiritual gifts? I'm just, I'm opening up a can of green beans. You've got to open up the can of green beans before you can eat them. Let's open up the gifts of the Spirit. We've talked about them here, but maybe you weren't here when we talk about them. It's time to start looking at these things. The Bible, so, so just real quick, I'm just sharing from my heart today. The, the Bible talks about healings. 
The Bible says, call the elders of the church and let them anoint you with oil and lay hands on you and you can be healed. The Bible says that believers, didn't say pastors, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, not just them, but a normal believer can lay hands on people to be healed. That's in the Bible. There are many ways. Anoint them with oil. The prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. There's a prayer of faith, but really these gifts of the Spirit are God supernaturally just doing it and you're being available to be His mouthpiece and His hands and feet. I don't know if I do that, Pastor. It's time to grow. It's time to mature. If we believe that there's a revival coming, then we got to get ready. We have got to have expectation that we're going to lead somebody to Jesus. We're going to be able to share Jesus. We're going to be able to pray for somebody and lay hands on them. I, I tell a funny story. I, I tell two sto- hospital stories. My dad, uh, his heart got irregular. He passed out. They took him to the VA and called me. And, and so I'm going and I'm praying, All right, Lord, I, you know, I wanna, I'm going to lay hands on him. I'm going to pray for him. And so I'm in the room, and they're working on him, trying to keep his heart going, and whether they're going to put a pacemaker in or whatever. And he's laying there, and he caught a cramp in his leg. And I just grabbed that foot and pushed it in the calf. And when I pushed that leg back, his heart started bumping correctly. Now, I was working on and the doctor looked at me and said, I have never seen somebody get a cramp out of their leg and get their heart beat correctly. That's never well, it wasn't me. It was just me laying hands on him. And not me because I, I, why am I special? Because I prayed the whole time going there. Not thinking, oh, Lord, I hope he makes it. I hope he lives. Is he going to live? Lord, I need him to live. He's my daddy. I need him to live. Now, nah. I'm saying, Father, your word says that I lay hands on the sick and they recover. And, Father, you want to do miracles and signs and wonders, even in my father. And so, Lord, I'm going to pray for him. I'm comfortable with him. He's saved. If he dies, he's going to heaven. But you know what? It ain't time. Well, that's bold to say it ain't time. How do you know? Well, God wants everybody to live a long life. So, so be bold. So I'll tell you another story. Pastor Glenn comes here and preaches quite often, and the family, uh, they was a, a family called him, didn't go to church. They just said, hey, we need a pastor to go pray for our grandmother. Uh, she's in, they, they put her uh, on life support. She, she's not going to make it, but could you go in there and pray for her? And she's in a coma. And, and so he goes in, and he stands at the foot of the bed, and he said, he'd been praying, Lord, what do I need to do? So he just grabs the lady by the foot, just like again, and he said, Lord, I just believe you to touch this woman and bring her up. She sat up in the bed and said, who are you? It's, you know, it's kind of, he kind of took it back. And he goes, I'm, I'm, I'm Pastor Glenn Rogers. He goes, uh, your family sent me to pray for you. She goes, well, I've been waiting on somebody to come pray for me. Then she went back into the coma. He's like, well, that's the strangest thing. The next day she sat up eating. She woke up the next day, was totally well. The family come in. They call Pastor Glenn in. He's in there. They all got saved. They all got baptized. They all you know, started serving God. It was a sign and wonder to get people into the kingdom of God. Because, you know, people, I need you to pray. But they have no expectation. They don't believe in miracles. They don't believe in healings. They don't believe in supernatural faith that God can raise somebody up. They just, I just hope it works. Can y'all, 
Y'all pray. I don't expect anything to happen, but that's what we're supposed to do. Isn't that what y'all do is pray? Come on. See, we teach these things so we can have expectations for God to do great and mighty things. That people can get up. That people can be restored mentally. That people can be restored physically. That people can be healed and restored in life. I can tell you story after story, but some of it will just blow you away. But we got to have expectation to believe God to do great and mighty things. Not in church. Not just in church. They did, they, did it, they did miracles in their houses. You know, Paul was one of them long-winded preachers, and the man fell out of a second-story window, and it killed him. And then he went down and raised him up. He came back to life. That, that, that's, that's in the Bible, okay? Jesus said, the great things that I do, you'll do greater. That's kind of... <laughs> Because I've read what Jesus has done. And it's like, oh, Lord. Now, to where you grow up is where, don't be telling it's, it's their faith. Because Jesus did say it's your faith has made you whole. But sometimes it was his faith. You got to mix faith together. You know, anybody like raw eggs? Anybody ever had a, a spoonful of plain flour? You know, it blows out your throat. But you mix that egg and flour, and you can go anywhere when you start adding more stuff to it. Cake, biscuits, pancakes, whatever. If we mix our faith together, what can't we do? Nothing. The Bible says nothing is impossible to those who believe. If we can all get in agreement and start believing, what will we see? There's no limit. But it's not taught. If there's a million Christians, and there's more, only about 1,000 to 2,000, maybe 3,000, hopefully, and I believe it's growing, are starting to see these things and want to see these things. They want to believe God to do anything. But people get religious. The Lord doesn't do those things today. But He does. He does and He wants to. My question to do, do you want God to do great and mighty things through you and for you? Yes. Not only does He want to do it for you, but He wants to do it through you. So God is love. God loves you so much. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. I'm answering some question that just popped in somebody's head. Well, how come all these bad things happen? Why don't God do something? He did. He sent Jesus. Jesus died on the cross, redeemed us from the curse of death, hell, and the grave, sickness, disease, lack, poverty, everything. He's our supply. But He's now, He's he's empowered His family. The whole family across the earth should be empowered to do what Jesus did. Now I'm going, (laughs) go ahead and breathe in that bag. Overwhelming. But it's not you doing it. I can't do that. No, you can't, and I can't either. All I got to do is just obey the Lord to be a vessel. Will you go if He sends you? I'd come to grips with something. People have been praying for revival around here. Revival, revival. We need revival, Pastor. And I said, revival looks like six days a week because seven will kill you. And I'm thinking, six days a week. Am I ready to preach six days a week? Like, I don't know if I'm ready to preach six days a week. 
because I'm pretty exhausted when I get through today. But then after about a week of meditating on it, I said, Lord, if you bring it, I'll preach six days a week. Now, everybody going, woo, I'm writing your name down because you got to show up six days a week. You going to show up six days a week? So you got to think about these things, think them through. So if God sends you, are you ready to pray for the sick? You can't go in there. They've got a virus that you might get. God's got me. Jesus wasn't afraid to touch the lepers. If you're afraid, you don't need to go. You need to go when you get this supernatural faith and you get this healing inserted in you and you get this, you know, God can do a miracle. God send me. And that's where you need to know the voice of God. I'm way out on the, on the water today, but God is a God of miracles. And it's not just wishing and hoping and maybe he does. And sometimes he does for people. But it wasn't them. I'm saying it works faster and better and easier when we're all in agreement. Can we get, can we get in agreement as believers and as a church? And you know what? Uh, you know, it stirred people up when I had people stand up and demonstrate that, that they heard God say something. Come on. You hear God all the time. Everybody hears God. But you have to discern, is that God or is it me? Because I've told the story, when I go back, I've argued with God. You know, God said, what about moving here? I'm like, no way. Not here. I'm talking about when I was 18. He said, don't you move to this city. You ever thought about moving here? Nope, not me. I know everybody in my town, and everybody knows me, and it's comfortable knowing everybody. I don't know anybody. There's thousands of cars coming up and down through this place. I was living there in two years. God started dealing with me and dealing with me and dealing with me. I got married and he dealt with me and just put it in my heart that you need to move here. And it was a journey that he was taking me on. God take you on journeys and it doesn't matter how old you are. He'll send you and he'll take you to places that you never thought you could go. And that can be a miracle and a sign and a wonder. And God will open doors for you. Our brother is a, was a retired lawyer and he said that God gave him favor and he got in this school and that school and went into a school he didn't have no business being in, but God opened the doors. That's God. God does that. And so he's a provider and he gives favor and he gives miracles and he gives healings and he gives signs and wonders. He gives words of wisdom, knowledge, show you the future. And sometimes you may not see it. You know, I don't know how. So I, I'm sitting and the preacher's preaching. Uh, and this preacher looks at me and he points me back there. He said, will you stand up? He said, God said he's going to double your salary. Now, this is 100 years ago. Yeah, in 1842. And so, but, but hear me. And I'm like, so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a thinker. I'm going to think it out. I'll get paid by the hour. I don't have a salary. Is that really for me? But I put it on a shelf in my heart, my mind, and I'm like, I'd look at it. God's going to double my salary. I'll take that. If I ever get a salary, I'm going to believe God to double it. The next job I got, they gave me a salary plus commission. I said, I got that. I'm going to double this salary. And I worked there for a while, and I believed God for another job, and God doubled that salary. The next job, it was doubled. See, God will show you things to come to rock you to believe Him for greater and for more. Okay? God is a God of miraculous. That is miraculous for me. 
So, would you bow your heads today? Holy Spirit, I believe you to speak to hearts today. I believe you to show yourself to be strong and mighty on their behalf. Let me ask you before we go any further, do you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Is He your King? Is He your Savior? You know He died on the cross just for you. Maybe you're here, you've been coming for a long time, but you've never really given Jesus your heart. You know, you don't have to get saved every Sunday. You don't have to get saved every day. You get saved one time, and then you begin to live for Him. And then when you stumble and miss it, guess what? You ask Him to forgive you, and He does. So with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I'm asking you to look at your heart. Do you know in your heart of hearts that you know Jesus? Do you know Him? The Bible says that He stands at the door of your heart and knocks. And he's asking to come in. So my question for you is, will you accept him today? And if that's you, just lift your hand in this place and say, Pastor, I, I really want to receive Jesus. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If that's you, just lift your hand. Okay. And so maybe you're here today and you haven't been living for him. You got saved a long time ago. And you know what? He's just kind of been just an afterthought or just every now and then you think about him, you pray about living for him. If that's you, he's calling you back today. Will you lift your hand and say, I need to come back to Jesus? I see that hand. Anyone else? You see, it's the love of God that sent Jesus just for you. So pray this with me. Say, Father, I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. I believe that with all my heart. I receive it. And I want to walk in it all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Real quick, before we go further, you know, and before worship, I said somebody's left hip was hurting, and it, this lady waved at me that way. Do y'all feel any better? Wave at me, yes. Yes. You see, that, that happens all the time. And God wants to do those things all the time. So she's better and she's better. So, so I, here's what I want you to do. If there's something going on in your body, I want you to pray for yourself. Let's start there. So, whatever it is, you ain't got to tell anybody. I'm not asking you this between you and God. Because that's where it really starts. It's you and God. And it has to be you and God first and foremost. But God wants to get you on your feet and have you a strong believer so you can help lead other people. So if you've got something going on in your body, let's all bow our heads, but I want you to put your hands on it and declare that you've been redeemed from the curse of the law. So redemption draws now. Now in Jesus' name. I speak healing over hearts, over shoulders, over joints, backs. 
kidneys, livers, forgetfulness, leave in Jesus' name. Peace come, rest, sleep. And whatever else that you might have going on in your body. Stomach, intestinal tract. I'm just, things that are coming to my mind are coming up out of my spirit. Be healed. Now, look at me. Everybody look at me and say, it's mine. Now, I have expectation. What is my expectation of you? Let me know. Let me know. Tell somebody. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. That's what Jesus has done. He died so you could be free from that. But you overcome by your testimony too. Let me tell you what God did. Let me tell you what God did. And if it starts coming back, nope, God's already did that. Get off of me. Because it will. It's just like the weeds in my, 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 my garden. I got rid of them. In Jesus' name, get rid of it. Get rid of it. And tell it not to come back. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at LegacyFamily.info.